the three-point shot. And here we go. Welcome to another episode of the three-point shot back after a brief hiatus. But we are here, Zach with you, Ben and Colin with you guys. How are we doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, I, I think it's important that the listeners know that uh, it was a, it's a hiatus because Zach is a, is a big news boy. Uh, he's out there. He is not a weather boy. No, he is not a weather boy. He is a big news boy, uh, real, really out there delivering real hard hitting stories. Uh, that and our argument about the baseball hall of fame got so heated, it needed to be edited. It took, it, it took 90 minutes, it got so heated. <laughs> It felt like point counterpoint. We could have done a whole week's worth of episode. We could have done a whole like seven part series. Yeah, exactly. It got so heated it needed to be edited and took way too long. And I think we should. I frankly, think, it's just not as fun. Uh, yeah, if we should, cut some of the stuff out. We should so. get really big for our bridges. Start doing mini series. <laughs> the three point <laughs> shot presents <laughs> documentaries, uh-huh. like audio interviews. Still waiting to get guests on this show, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Julian, maybe. maybe. We could have, yeah, 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 for sure. We could have Sparky on if we want, you know, completely uninformed takes from a man without eyebrows. Yeah. What else? <laughs> I could just shave my eyebrows and say what I normally say. Uh, oh, last week I was driving and Unskinny Bob came on, so I called Ben. That was good. He did. Yes, that was. I want you to know that it. I as soon as I hung up with you because I was going to get something out of the fridge, I hung up the phone or the the yeah, it was it you called me on the phone. I hung up the phone and I was walking and literally involuntarily, I just went, unscanned. Um, so you, ru- you ruined a significant portion of, I think it was my Saturday. <laughs> it was a Friday, but yeah. It was Friday. Okay. But then I listened to it again and, and it's, it is, in fact, uh, it, it's appropriate that it's a fat bop. Yeah. It's an unscanned bop. <laughs> yeah. It- um, All right, so let's talk about the most important thing going on. Absolutely. Uh, the Pro Bowl. Beat Maryland twice this week. Colin, did you get a chance to go over to the pavilion? Uh, I did not, actually. I did we, not get it. Officially, no. Le- legally. Like there was someone dressed as Spider-Man hanging up in the rafters. And yeah. we can't prove who that was or was not. <laughs> Uh, my attempts at getting credentials did not uh, go over well. Wait, what attempts? Uh, I'm just joking. Oh. Uh, <laughs> He's not. He's trying to save face here. He sent many increasingly aggressive emails. I, I cover Maryland see. volleyball for the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the publication you chose? Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, well, it was it was a ripe shellacking, I think, is really all you could say. Maryland, I believe, unless I have, the, I don't believe they've played since since that series. I think, no, it, I yeah, think they're playing this weekend. Well, I just, it, was, it was last weekend. So yeah, exactly. Weekend. So it's mostly weekend. Um, I think it's only weekend series this year. Just well, for yeah, travel reasons. And, yeah, that's probably true. Although, really, this year would be easier because all the classes are online. Yeah, but so I mean, like, uh, you don't want to travel, but all the classes online, independent of the fact that like we shouldn't travel and we shouldn't go outside and we should all, you know, bury our heads in thick protective layers of mud for the next several months. Outside of that, yeah, the online classes would make it easier to travel for sports. But yeah, I mean, listen, uh, my my Golden Gophers out here have not lost the set uh, yet all season. Um, we're, we're looking good. It's, they got a real solid team. There's a good bit of rust. I think they still need to knock off if they're really going to make a, 
a deep push come tournament if the tournament even happens. I don't know what the world will be like when the tournament comes around. Uh, and on the flip side, you know, uh, you guys, Terps, uh, not looking too hot, I believe. In as many games, I believe they've only ever won two sets. Yep. So they went, three of their four both, games, they've yeah, been cleaned they in straight. three with Ohio State and Columbus, then two, three on Sunday or Saturday when I came back. Uh, and then, yeah, oh three, oh three with Minnesota. I think, honestly, it's tough to tell. Like, I didn't watch, but I feel like with the good teams against Maryland, what I watched a lot of the time, I was like, they might just be taking sets off because they're a lot better. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Terps just clearly aren't ready to deal with the uh, with the big dogs. And I think that's really – there's not much more to say other than that. Uh, there's, tons, there's tons more to say. I, I not, have we're not, so much we're more not, to say. We're not, we're not going to say it right now volleyball special maryland basketball um uh beat purdue another ranked team they beat four ranked teams they're nine and no they're 10 and eight i believe uh when you look at their record on paper they're not a tournament team when you look at who they beat and, and like and the games they've played they are a tournament team it is i've never seen more of a bubble team at this point in the season than than like i think ever especially out of a Maryland team that is this pyramid of inconsistency. Uh, so I just wanted to touch on that. Their next game is last I saw a tur- last I saw a tournament McGillicuddy from ESPN. I, I can't remember the name of the guy who does it. Uh, Lenardi, right? Is the packet guy? Yeah, he had us as one of the last four in. That was before we beat Purdue. Yeah. So we'll see uh, where it goes. But still a lot of games left. We play at Penn State Friday. But the thing with that is Penn State's not good, but we like never win there. I don't think in our time in college well, your guys. Oh, I think we've I think we've split with them every year. I don't think we've ever beat them in state, state college, though. That was awesome. So moving on, the big news this week on Sunday is this event they call the Super Bowl. And before we get into who's playing, I want to start with this. I watch the Super Bowl every year, but I have never watched it in my house, ever. Never, like, as far as I can remember. Where do you watch it? Look at you having friends going to Super Bowl parties in high school. <laughs> So, okay. so stunt on me. I, I, the last, the last Super Bowl I remember watching in my house. This is your parents' house. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Was uh, the Giants, uh, the first one Super Bowl. Super Bowl okay. So that's two thousand eight. Yeah. Every year after that, my family would always go to someone's house, and then like eventually in like middle school, I would always go over to my friend Steven's house. He would have a bunch of us over, and that happened from Montvale, New Jersey. And that ha- that happened. That happened through senior year of high school. And then in college, obviously, like we would all watch together. Uh, so there's that. And then- uh, We're just like home, right? Yeah, yeah I, okay. I, have, um, I have seen the overwhelming majority of Super Bowls since I've been able to form memories. I've missed a couple. I think did Steelers Cardinals play at one point? Yeah, yeah. Antonio Holmes. I went to bed. I was I was sleepy and it wasn't interesting and I was kind of young. It wasn't interesting and then it was. It's actually that's one of the most underrated like exciting Super Bowls of all time. (laughs) And Larry Fitzgerald made what should have been the trademark moment of his career, and then Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Holmes stole it from him. Yeah, uh, every Super Bowl I've ever watched, I've watched in my legal place of residence at the time. Um, I've so, watched, yeah, I've watched, I think I've watched one or two maybe at my grandparents' house. I've watched most of them at my house or since we've been in school at my apartment, or I watched it with you guys in, uh, in Montgomery Hall of Blessed Memory. Um, 
Yeah, the only one I can remember where I wasn't in a place where I lived or effectively lived was um, the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl. What I'm saying is like so many people congregate and they say like that the Super Bowl is the most watched TV event of the year in America, which I believe it is. It's watched by the most people, but I don't know if it's watched on the most TVs. Mm, Maybe not in any other singular. Sure one would really evaluate that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's weird. What's the, have you ever, what's the most number of places you've watched? Because I watched the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl. I was in three separate places. I, yeah, I know your story about that one. No, I usually don't bounce around. Like, so I guess freshman year of college. I don't usually either, Freshman but... year of college, I like went to a couple different fraternities. And then obviously I watched the second half with you guys. Uh, yeah. nah, he watched with uh, Brad you watch you watch because there was there was a neutral observers room and then there was me and Colin's room which was just a cauldron of tension oh, I was, I we, we scared two women uh well they one woman left. yeah we didn't really know her she just kind of showed up because she was a friend of a friend she was a Pats fan and she just left midway through the game because the energy in the room was so but it wasn't and, even- the, the thing I will say, and I respect us for this, is it wasn't a hostile energy towards no, each other. No, no, It was just hostile towards the sport of football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, this is stressful, and I don't I watched, I watched, I watched it with you guys. I remember watching the end with you guys. So that was uh, yeah. pain. That, that was a time. Yeah, I don't know. I've, like, I've I never, I've never, <laughs> I've never been home, like, for the Super Bowl. And, uh, and, uh, I'm going to be in the, the studio for the game this year. I'm going to be, I'm going to be at work. Are you, do they like bring in pizza and everybody's just like watching the TV or like? I don't know. Like the news still happens. And normally like if, if the game was on NBC, then we would just come on right after the game. But the game is on CBS, which means you guys can watch it on the TV in the living room. Too. That is exciting. That's a huge. Yeah. Thing. I am very glad. Thank you. Uh, well, actually, yeah. just not thank you, Fox. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Boo. They're Boo. on the list. Boo. Not a friend of the pod, Fox. Boo our cable hookup yeah. for, for some reason not getting Fox. Also, I remember, I remember the day I like the day I remember because it Fox used to work because we used to watch Big Noon on it. Yeah. But when I remember I remember last year the Super Bowl was like the first day that I was like, Fox isn't working. Okay. I've been seeing this the last couple of weeks. Have people gone off Tony Romo as a commentator? I think people are. People are like, I don't get it. I did. And I disagree with it. I think really what it comes down to, and I saw this online actually, and it's, it's interesting you bring it up because I think I kind of forgotten about it. Um, Tony Romo made a comment a couple weeks ago after the Super Bowl was set, but pre pro bowl where he said that this is a, um, this matchup is going to be a defining matchup in the age old, the goat conversation. Because what he's saying is he, his argument was basically really the only person that you could think of could one day maybe challenge Tom Brady for the GOAT is Patrick Mahomes. And saying if well, that's goes, a goes, well, yeah, but uh, assuming that nobody magical in the future comes in, you know, I, I refuse to assume that. Assuming, I dream, God damn it. Um, and his, his point was being is that like you have a head to head matchup in the Super Bowl. Uh, if he wins this one, Tom Brady almost has so many rings, nobody will ever match him. This is like, like he's, he's not playing for like goat football. He is playing for like best athlete in the history of American sports. Yeah. And then conversely with Mahomes, if he wins it, uh, you know, for one, he closes the ring gap a little bit and he has all these years. But the biggest argument I think he had was that no matter what Mahomes does, 
for the rest of his career. If he loses to Brady right now, you'll always say, even a Brady in his twilight beat Mahomes in his prime. And it's that kind of thing of that you will never really be able to clear that bar of losing to Brady in the Super Bowl, especially when you're in your prime on a stacked team and Brady is still also very talented. Yeah, Brady's still very talented, but comfortably over the hill on a stack. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, and look, it's not even the stack team segment because the now Brady's is on low. a stack team, and but like some of these guys are also past their prime. Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, and like Mike Evans is kind of in it right now, but still, and there's plenty of other good players on there. No, but this, if they all have, this if have good days, if all those, if everyone is on their A game for the Bucks. They can hang with the Chiefs. Oh, I fully agree. But I, would I think, think it's going to be a good game. I think, yes, I think the, these are the two best skill position groups in the league. But I think the Chiefs are a pretty comfortable number one. If we see a blowout, I think Kansas City takes it. And that will be – Yeah, I just don't see – He has an off game. Gronk has an off game. You know, I Mike think, Evans honestly, more than anything, you know, if you look at the offense, I think in pretty much every position group, I think the Bucs are ridiculously stacked, but I think in almost every position group, I prefer the Chiefs. I think when it comes down to it, it's going to be the defenses. And I really love that Bucks pass rush. And you saw what they did to Aaron Rodgers. You know, JPP uh, was getting in there. He's getting a lot of contact on uh, on Aaron Rodgers. And they got, they got to him. They had him rattled, you know, coming into the end of that game. And I think the defenses are going to make the difference here. Were they blitzing a lot against the Packers, though? I don't know how much they were blitzing, honestly. Oh, it just looked like the guys up front were getting home. And it's kind of and the Chiefs still line, I think, is hurt. I think they have guys who are injured on yeah. And I I think it might be a similar situation to go back to like the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. It was, you know, it was sort of a weak secondary, but we made up for it because we didn't need to blitz. (laughs) Well, in that game specifically, but that season as a whole, our secondary was not very good. But our defense was so great that year just because we never needed to blitz. We would drop back everybody and just rush three or four, and they would still get home and they'd still get pressure. And I think that's the kind of situation the Bucks have, and I think their secondary is better than what the Eagles was that year. It is. Um, yeah. So, you know, when you have that ability to only rush three or four and still get pressure and also have this much better secondary, I think the Bucks defense is going to be the difference. It is going to be so difficult for me to get through I mean, this game listen, emotionally. Listen, it's – I mean, Ben, you probably care more about Tom Brady playing in the Super Bowl, but I am kind of sad that Jason Pierre-Paul is in it because that dude deserves it, man. I mean, <laughs> he was a huge part he, of it. And, like, I loved him as a giant. But it was time I just, to and, like, I'm glad he's good again. It's just wrestling with emotions when you have guys like that. Like, it's like uh, – See, what Tom Brady said. Think, what? I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on what Tom Brady said this week, if you saw. Somebody about getting support from New England? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I he kind of brushed it off. He was like, yeah, like, that was part. Of, like, he was like, yeah, I played there for 20 years, and, like, it was fun, but, like, this is what I'm at now. Which, like, that's his attitude all the time. I get it. I, have no, I feel like he could have been a little more excited that, like, I don't know. he's preparing for a Super Bowl. That's is my thing. Like, if he'll think, exactly. He'll thank New any, England. Any, okay. Okay. Any media day answer, I do not care about. Because, like, I've watched him for my entire, not even my entire adult life, my entire life outside of my first two and a half years. I've been watching him. And, like, 
if you ask a dumb question during media day, he's just going to sort of brush it off. And also he's not going to say anything just because like the Chiefs still don't like us. And he is so averse to giving anyone any bulletin board material. If you get a question about the Patriots there, the best thing to do is just be vaguely complimentary. Just be like, yeah. you know, I liked New England. It's a, it's a good place. The, I, the, I appreciate the people there who are rooting for me. But right now I'm focused on winning a Super Bowl with the team I am under contract. Exactly. Yeah. This is where I am now. I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm focusing on If this. you ask him, like if he retires and you ask him five years later and he's like, England was fine. I would be like, I respect your opinion. I would like you to sort of reciprocate our unconditional love for you. For <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's yeah. always, it. a lot of people I remember got really mad when he moved to, uh, when he moved to Tampa and he was talking about like, yeah, like I really like the weather here. I'm not going to move back to New England. And everybody was like, what the hell? And it was like, dude, he's a kid from San Mateo, California. He's not a, he was a kid then, but he's from San Mateo, California. And he spent the last 25 years of his life in Ann Arbor, Michigan and Foxborough, Massachusetts. Old people go to live in Florida. (laughs) Don't be surprised when that's what he does. It's it's not it's, crazy. It's, it's, like, this, is, this is his working retirement. Exactly. It's, it's, like, it's like like when an eye doctor from like New Jersey like moves down to Florida and they're like, I'll work two days a week. Yeah, exactly. Listen, it's he it, shows again, up for it, practice on Thursday and then just shows up and absolutely you know names. if that is if that is Hall of Fame speech, he's like, Yeah, oh man, Tampa Bay was the greatest place I ever played. Then I understand being a little slighted about it. But at this point, also, it's, if that's like if that's true, that's fine. I mean, like if I it comes guess. out if it comes out later and he's like, you know, like I hated being in I New had, England. If he's like, like, I had problems in New England, I would be like, you know what? You left it all out there. That's fine. Exactly. Like you don't have to like obviously we prefer guys who like love to be here, but like I'm not gonna be if somebody also I think I don't think that's gonna be true. Like, I think he might be like, oh, I didn't love New England as much as New England loved me, but yeah. mostly because that's impossible. Well, yeah, I don't think, I'm not, I'm not saying that I expect no, no, I, I understand. drag New England in his Hall of Fame. But it, That'd I, be such a Michael Jordan move, though, just yeah, start dragging it's, people. It's a, it's a time and place kind of thing. And if, yeah. if you really expect a dude to be like, oh, man, I love playing in New England. Like, he's not the kind of guy who's going to think about where he used to be a year ago. He's very much locked in right now on what I'm going to do next. Yeah. Uh, you know what his favorite ring is? The next one. Well, exactly. Uh, but speaking of former Patriots that seem to ha- suddenly have it out for New England out of nowhere, you guys have been following what Danny Amendola has been saying? Yeah, I, I don't not, really uh, get it. He pretty much, he said like, so the first thing he said, which I've heard from other people yeah, it was before, somewhat benign, was he was talking about like, oh, like the Patriot way and Tom, is like Tom Brady's way. Like he is the, like, catalyst of it and blah 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 and like it's a player's thing and not a coach's thing and i'm like you know what that's fine like because if you ask belichick he'd say that too like he says all the time players win games and coaches lose them yeah exactly but then amandola was sort of he was i didn't i didn't fully read yeah so what are you taking shots at like the the player personnel decisions yeah so what i i think the biggest soundbite more than anything and i'm going to paraphrase a little bit because i don't have the quote in front of me um but he said something along the lines of it. I took pay cut for years to put ring on that uh, yeah, man's. Yeah, 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 yeah. I took pay cuts for years to put rings on that man's finger. And it was just like, 
talking about Belichick because this whole thing is suddenly trying to drag Belichick. And you can't help but think is like, for one, uh, I think a big part of it was he was his own aide. He was like, I had to go in there and, uh, you know, negotiate, negotiate, negotiate my own contract. I took pay cuts so that he could put rings on his fingers and yours. And the whole thing is, well, for one, nobody made you be your own agent. For two, no one made you take a pay cut. You could have gone to a worse team and get the bag. Evidenced by the fact signed with Detroit. Yeah, and actually signed with Miami and then oh, traded right. into Detroit. Um, Sorry, I couldn't remember which former Patriots assistant coach. Exactly. But it's it was really one. It's he seems to just suddenly have it out for Belichick. And I, I think, think it's funny throwing a sunk. And I think the funniest thing is that like, oh man, I I took a pay cut, you know. And he's mad that he took a pay cut to put rings on Belichick's finger. For one, you got the rings too, dude. Uh, he Belichick's not the only guy who won the Super Bowl, right? You won it also. Um, and two again, best years were with us. He was fine everywhere else, and they came like if he's mad about taking the pay cuts, I get that. But he took the pay cuts for two reasons: one, we made him look really good for wherever he signed next; two, we won. Well, yeah, and I think also Tom Brady took pay cuts to pay with us. You can't be, I think my personal thing: you can't be mad you took a pay cut. You could. Be remorseful and say, "Man, I wish which I hadn't." But I wish I had secured that. Yes, sorry, I man. wish I went out and got that bread back when I was young. But like, secure I, that grade. Who are you going to be mad at that you chose to take a? Pick? It is possible like, that Belichick used dark magic to cloud his mind. I mean, though. that is possible. But like, how? What do you? <laughs> you know, if a player Alleged. comes up, if a player goes up to a GM and it's like, "Yes, I would like an eight-year contract for one million dollars per year." Uh, despite being an elite player uh, any general manager is, yeah any general manager is stupid to say no don't put that pen to paper like you're not going to be like man actually you deserve more money please leave my system like no yeah. it's you know it's it's silly to be mad at belichick and it it seems more than anything he seems to have an axe to grind against belichick more than anything um, which is weird because it came out of nowhere. I yeah, I'd kind of forgotten Danny Amendola was in the league. I mean, and then why he did it again? Yeah, so. I mean, possibly, but I mean, like he was like a, he was he was freaking like him and Edelman did like an NFL special from Mexico City. Exactly, like he was like a big name. He's also a handsome, handsome man. He is, but you that know, is not diminished by these comments. Playing in Miami and then playing in Detroit is kind of a one-way ticket to fading into irrelevancy. But you secured the bag. You won your rings. What do you have to prove? Why are you dragging the coach you played for? Um, I got, I got, a, I got, a, I got a Hall of Fame level pivot right here. Speaking of bad decisions in front offices, it looks like my bold prediction from several weeks ago has come true. In that there are no current head coaching vacancies. They've all been filled, and Eric Bieniemy is still slated next year to start as the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, what a what a steal for the Chiefs! You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good for the Chiefs. But the, I I heard like the one thing was like, Bieniemy isn't actually calling the plays in Kansas City. But look at all the non-play callers. Freaking Doug Peterson was Andy Reid's non-play calling. Yeah. OC, and he got hired. And he did. Yeah. The real the really bad thing for me, like I don't. Yeah, there's a systemic problem that needs to be dealt with 
But the one team that I can look at specifically, like I think Urban Meyer is a really risky hire for the Jaguars. I agree. But the one team I can look at and be like, you are stupid for not taking a flyer on the enemy is the Texans. Oh, yeah. Because uh, like, what they're doing, what it seems like they're doing is – um. Well, is Jack, it, Easter, Jack Easterby has yes, yes, black he's, magic he's, he's his football way. Rusty. Yeah, he's, but he's yeah. – what I saw – was somebody trying to, it was like an ESPN article about like grading all hires. And they said, only way this makes sense, hiring whoever they hired from the Ravens, was if you view this as like a stopgap thing, like he spends a couple of years and then you move McCown from OC to head coach. And this is your way of like, we don't want to lose Josh McCown. Yeah. But what kind, you, you literally, he, Deshaun Watson does not want to be there. He hates it there, as he should. Yeah. And Deshaun Watson, like, he, the fact that it, I would have been more worried if he didn't try to get, if I'm a Texans fan and we have a head coach opening and the franchise quarterback is like, nah, I don't care. Hire whoever you want. That's a bad sign. That's a guy who's checked out. He had a guy in mind. He said, bring this guy. I don't even remember if he said hire him. He just said, I like Eric B. Enemy. And they didn't even interview him. Did Which anybody just, interview the enemy? I don't know. I, I, do, I do know for a fact that the Eagles had spoken to Andy Reid and because they didn't go through any proper channels, so nothing was official. But Andy Reid still has I'm a pretty good... didn't go through proper channels, you mean they, it just wasn't official, not they went through yes. the improper channels. Yes, oh, no. Uh, that would be a, big, be a big scoop for us. Yeah. Eagles tamper credit 3.2. No, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't tampering, but obviously Andy still has a good relationship with the ownership and everybody. And apparently, yes, actually, he's, he's still huh. very close with the owner. And I did it was, not know that. Yeah, I mean, the Andy Reid firing wasn't a bad blood thing. It was just kind of, we both need to change it was just a bad idea in hindsight well i don't even think it was because i I, you know yeah i guess i think it was one of those both people needed kind of a fresh start andy reed had gotten stale in philly and philly exactly but apparently we had requested to andy reed if we could interview the enemy and andy reed said yeah sure give me a week uh, and then I will let, like, I'll formally say you can interview him. And in that week, apparently Suriani came in, nailed the interview, and the Eagles were like, actually, never mind. We really like this guy. We're going to take him before somebody else scoops him up or whatever. I don't think anybody was scooping him up. But I do know that the Eagles had at least done their due diligence on Okay, that's one, that's one, that's one thing. But the Texans were last. Yes, the like, Texans. thing. Is if somebody is like, oh, we were worried somebody was going to take our gun. Hey, nobody is hiring that. What is he? He's like the, the like associate head coach of the Ravens. Yeah, I have no idea. Or whatever. Is. And first all of, all, of the Ravens of all, fans are happy to nobody, see him yeah, go. Which is a bad I've song. never, I have not first seen a Ravens fan saying, man, I'm going to miss him. But anyway, first of all, just nobody is, is coming in to scoop up your guy. And nobody's coming in to scoop up the, like, if you want Josh McCown to be there as your OC, if that's what you're really attached to, okay. Just to interview the guy and be like, it, it's the not interviewing for me. Cause if he had a deal breaker, if they were like, we really want you to leave this in place or whatever. And he was like, no, then I'm like, fine. But to not even interview the clearest cut choice to yeah. be a ne- the next head coach, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, we all know why. But it doesn't make sense. Speaking of front office decisions that may or may not make any sense, 
Matthew Stafford's on the Rams now. Yeah, that's, that was – I can't tell. That's either going to be – I think by week 13, we will either be saying that that was a massive underpay or a huge overpay. Okay, so – I don't think we're going to be like, oh, that was a good deal for both teams. So as an outsider, It's not a good deal. As an outsider, I'm like, why would you do that? But I talked to some of my friends who are, are Rams fans, and they were like, no, like this is what we need right now. Like, like we're like we need to win now. The Lions never win, so like they don't care. They were yeah. like, we'll give up. I think we all agree that Stafford's a better Lions. quarterback. Yeah, he's a much better quarterback. Anytime you get three first round picks, can you really say it's a bad deal? Not only do you get three first round picks, but you also get Goff, who isn't not a non entity. Super Bowl. Two, like he's you know. he's not. I, I'll I'll amend the statement. He hasn't proven that he can be an elite quarterback, but he is still young for one. You never know what a guy like that's going to do in a change of scenery. What Goff has been saying, and also Todd Gurley has hatched in and also been saying that apparently the Rams brass never really liked Goff. (laughs) Are, Are they aware of how they acquired him? Because he didn't just show up. Yeah. Well, he didn't, he didn't. He's not gritty. He didn't spawn underneath their stadium. Yeah. They drafted him, and then they signed him to a big extent. Yeah. But uh, uh, you know, Gurley, and you know, Todd Gurley definitely does have an axe to grind. The, the LA Rams for sure. Atlanta Falcons legend. Uh, Atlanta Falcons everywhere. Number twenty-one, Todd Gurley. But you know, I, I'm not sure to what extent Jared Goff was ever really given a chance at least by the coaching staff. Now it might see that it might. And I think I saw something that said online, it was like this next year is kind of a no excuses for McVeigh and for God, because McVeigh is no longer saddled by having a mediocre quarterback. And Jared Goff is no longer gifted to have Sean McVeigh whispering everything in his ear. So Goff absolutely has excuses this year. Well, his coach is full of bitten off kneecaps. I mean, he's never coached before. Exactly. Like, listen, yes. McVeigh, yes, no. McVeigh, I agree. Yes. But the thing is that if Goff goes out there and, and lights it up, it's clear that McVeigh had been won't. dropping. Because <laughs> uh, the Lions are atrocious. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great deal for the Lions. I think it kind of makes sense for the Rams. They really want to go all in. They have Aaron Donald. You know, Cooper Cup is pretty talented. Jalen um, Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they're, they're a defense. Uh, they're a walking monster on defense. What's his name? Bross. Um, yeah, they're, the uh, offense has been what's holding the team back. I think a guy like Stafford could definitely kind of give you that juice. But, I mean, uh, clock's ticking for L.A. Uh, and they know, that. Staff- they know that. That's why. But is Matt Stafford? Yeah, obviously. This move is a clock's ticking move. But. You see a lot of, and I have been very much on the Matt Stafford as a, a criminally underrated quarterback. I think he's been one of the best in the league, top 10 for most of his career. But once Matt Stafford no longer has the guy who is saddled with the, uh, the Lions, you know, you, you could be wrong. You know, the garbage time king, I've seen him labeled before. If... I don't think it is fair, and I don't particularly believe it. Let me rephrase that. It might be fair because it's true, but it's not the only thing he is. Exactly, and I don't agree with it outright, but 
it is entirely possible that a lot of what you've seen out of Matt Stafford is smoke and mirrors because he's played for such a bad team. So, you know, it, it'll certainly be interesting what happens. Um, I love it for the Lions. I think if you're a Lions you fan. you can bring Megatron out of retirement? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think it's out of the question. If, if I don't think. He's, like, disappeared, too. If like, anything I haven't heard anything about him since he retired. If anything is bringing Megatron out of retirement, it's this. Um, listen, I think it's, it's certainly a great move by the Lions. The Rams seem to be allergic to drafting in the first round. So, Seven years in a row by the end of this. Um, and that's if they don't trade any more picks. Exactly. You know, <laughs> that's not going to happen. The Rams are going all in in a way. I'm not sure I've ever seen a team go all in where they're like, yeah, we just won't draft in the first round ever again. Uh, because we want to win with Aaron Donald, who is I'm very excited. Uh, uh, just the most elitist oh, of the elite. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, um, he makes prime JJ Watt look just sort of like a normal player. Yeah, it that's is not fair. Prime JJ Watt was ridiculous. They're two, I think, probably the two best D linemen in the 2010s. Yeah, I mean, Fletcher Cox is definitely up there, but he's had the unfortunate kind of thing of he was an elite defensive lineman at a time where they were two of the greatest yeah. ever to do it um yeah i, I fletcher, mean fletcher cox is like the drew Brees to peyton manning and tom brady it's like you're good exactly you're, you'd be like an all you could you're an all-time team legend you're a great great player nobody's taking that away from you but you're not in the same conversation as these two guys exactly these two guys just defied the way the game was played and, and i want them both Bring yeah. them to the Patriots. It's uh, the Texans are a disaster, and the Rams are going for broke. Um, while we're Rams, looking at Rams, really quick, Rams going to trade in in twenty twenty four. They're going to trade their 24, 25, and twenty six first round picks for either Najee Harris or Devontae Smith. They're not picking again until twenty twenty seven in the first round. That's a very bold. <laughs> while we're looking at other quarterbacks, on on check up on while them. we're looking at other quarterbacks on the block, Carson Wentz has apparently been um. Shafter uh, and a number of people that are close with the Eagles Shefty have Bob. said that. Um, and I'll admit, uh, my opinion of Shafter has fallen a little bit uh, throughout this past offseason. Just with how he's been handling this Wentz thing, where it seems to be he will phrase just kind of his vague predictions as like stories um, in a way that I think is a little disingenuous. Uh, Oh, you mean he'll be like this person said this to this person? Exactly. He'll try it's, to inject dialogue into his scoops. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's one of those that he's like, well, it's unnecessary. I, he's like, I think Wentz is going to get traded, but he'll phrase it in a way where it seems like he's like, yes, I'm breaking his scoop right now. I was in he, the room. Yes, he is going to be. Yeah. Not like hardly on the level of some other sports reporters that just completely spew nonsense, but. Um, he has said that a lot of teams are, are calling in to the Eagles to see what the Eagles want for Wentz. And apparently the Eagles don't want to move on, but a lot of people I'm seeing that are high up in sports reporting, which means nothing, um, are, are predicting that Wentz gets moved. So it, it'll certainly be interesting. I've heard the Colts linked, you know, of course the Colts are linked because of the Frank Wright connection, but it'll certainly be interesting. Colts or Broncos. For his sake, if he does get traded, I Is hope he, he goes. Is he tall enough to play QB for the Broncos? Yes, he's like 6'5". Oh, okay. All right. Um, no more jobs? Sure. Uh, you know, it's not really in the spirit of what no more jobs is, but I'm going to hand it out to, uh, you know, 
the late great Dustin Pedroyer. Oh, you uh, stole mine. Oh, I stole Ben's. We <laughs> didn't talk about this enough. I'm so I'll just take the wheel. <laughs> I'm just so sad. He's been like I was talking with I think both of you guys earlier this week, and I think we talked about before like the the three athletes who I think I've loved the most in my life are Drew Bledsoe because I had a Drew Bledsoe jersey when I was like a toddler that I would never take off. Nomar was my favorite player until he got traded. And I remember he got traded on the trade deadline 04. And I was at my cousin's wedding and I remember crying in our hotel room. And then Pedroia came up in September of 06 when I was seven. And he he started like in earnest uh, in the 07 season when I would have been eight. So like since I've been making memories, this guy has been like, not just my favorite Red Sox, not my favorite baseball player, not my favorite athlete. He has been my favorite like figure of pop culture ever. Like he's just, he's, he played a, in a style that I really appreciated. Like I get, I get sort of annoyed when people talk about the right way, but like, I feel like no matter what you think the right way is, he played it that way. Like he was just a gamer. He was, I saw a thing, I think I sent it to uh, to my brother, but not to you guys. It was when, uh, you know, like um, the coconut water thing, the Vita Cocoa Company? Yeah. So they, in like 10 or 2011, started their big advertising push. And they decided the main, like, spokesperson was going to be Rihanna. Except for in Boston, because they tested it. And Dustin Pedroia was more influential in Massachusetts than Rihanna. Um, so he's like, he was just... He was, as a small guy whose sort of desire to be good outpaced his actual physical attributes, he was a kind of guy I could look up to, uh, not literally, because he's like 5'5", five, five. Um, although so am I. But, uh, but he, uh, he was always, he was a good quote. He always sort of showed up and played. Uh, he, had, he had his little, I remember I would, I would imitate I played second base in Little League. I would do the little hop forward that he would do. And I would do the thing he did. Have you ever seen the thing where he like opens his eyes really wide? I can't say he, I he have. Would be, he would be in the, the box and he would be going like this and he would just I'd open his mouth and like his eyes real, real wide. Uh, and I would do that. Um, so just, he's like, I can't even say like, he was a childhood hero. Like he's a hero now. Like, like oh, he... I hated him so much because he was so good. Like that, like he played good against the Yankees. That gives you more respect to someone on the Red Sox for me than anyone else. I hated him, but oh boy, is was there good reason for it? Because he was so, so, so good. And I'm talking about him like he's dead, but he's really just, I mean, let's be honest. His career was over. No, his career was over. I mean, at this point, like, the reason I the reason I wanted to do him for my no more jobs sort of similar to Colin's first one with Andy Dalton, where it was like if he ever gets tempted to make a comeback or something, like at this point, like he can't run anymore. Like at this point, it's like, dude, like take care of yourself. You've got a replacement knee. Just like be able to walk and like play around with your kids and stuff. Like like take care of yourself. You he does not owe baseball or Boston or the Red Sox anything. He got three rings, right? He got, yes, he has uh, 07, 13, and 18. He was around the team, so they – That's – He's a two-and-a-half-time world Same champion. reason Adam Wainwright gets one in 2011, even though he had Tommy John. Like, But he's uh, – yeah, I mean – um Okay, hold he, on. Just, 
Um, uh, Ortiz got three also, right? Yes, Ortiz was 04, 07, 13. Did anyone get all four? No. Wow. Nobody. Uh, uh, they may have given Veritek a ring in 13 and 18. That's player. With, well. with the organization, but no. Um, I'm not sure there were any 04 Red Sox still active in 2018, actually. Possible. But Pedro- uh, there are no Phillies that won in 80 and 08. If you were curious, <laughs> you need to have had Nolan Ryan as a rookie on that team, and he still would have to come out of retirement. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, Phillies won both of them. <laughs> there were there, were, there were a couple. There were a couple guys in the Yankees that won in '99 that also won in 2000. <laughs> I you so much. There's still, uh, specifically four who won in 2009. Uh, um, but anyway, we got JT, and that's all. But, any, but anyway, I uh, I'll always hate Manny Machado. Uh, not quite as much as I love Dustin Pedroia. Yeah, but like uh, you hate Derek Jeter. Like, no, I no, it's a I hate Manny Machado in a different way. It's Derek a different Jeter, kind of hate. Derek Jeter, I dislike. I think in a similar way that you disliked Pedroia. Yeah, I respect him. Derek Jeter's like a hell of a player. Yeah. I think he's overrated, which annoys me. Like he's as, as overrated I mean, as an all-time great. Pedroia was never. Pedroia had a. Didn't he have a cover? Did he have a video game cover? Yeah. He was on the cover of MLB The Show 09. Right. Other than, that, other than that, he never really, you know, had like, – he was not Derek Jeter-level star power, which is why he never got to be overrated. Pedroia was always as good as people said he was. Absolutely. Good, which is good. Yeah. Not better. I would take for, – for it doesn't even matter. Like, he took – he I, I heard him talking about today, like, when Cano re-signed his big deal with the Mariners – he said, like, I was really shocked when I heard him say it. He was like, I know I'm going to get, like, 90 95% of what he got. So I was really expecting him to be like, I got to get 120% of that. But, like, he took he signed in 2013 coming off a year where he'd hit 300. He signed an eight-year $110 million deal. Like, yeah. he took a team-friendly deal. So auxiliary no more jobs to Manny Machado for being a cheap shot guy. Uh, and anybody who says that the Red Sox shouldn't pay Pedroia for this year of his contract and my no more jobs is the kansas city chiefs team barber (laughs) (laughs) oh that poor center that had his haircut interrupted midstream wait can we see what his hair looks like uh i believe i read that that they actually somebody just finished it no i think i think they deemed that the damage would have been done that late in the haircut and let the barber finish um Wait, though what? i will yes so um, so once we think it might have we're not even trying yeah well they're like well we're pretty sure if it was the center for the kansas city chiefs by the way um uh because his new his new twitter profile pick is is him with half of his head shape uh that's his new that is genuinely his new twitter profile pick um the I, my guy my guy is so careful all week so he could play in the super bowl and he goes to get a haircut from the team barber uh and michael Irvin stabbed him in the neck no wait <laughs> so that's the wrong team barber related incident so uh, keep it light keep it light <laughs> <laughs> keep it up hey, someone did say like this is the perfect tom brady scheme like make it look like it's not him by going yeah, exactly <laughs> tom brady has like paw from the bar <laughs> um but yeah okay bold predictions but they have to be related to the game the super bowl not the game a super bowl <laughs>
No, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do Super Bowl edition bold predictions. Everybody give score winner MVP. Score winner MVP and a bold prediction for the Super Bowl. And a, ooh, that's that's a lot. All right, I'll go first. Uh, 34-31 Chiefs. Um, Kelsey is the MVP. I'm oh, not happy about Colin, that. Colin, you're right. Um, all right, 34-31 Chiefs. Kelsey's the MVP. I'm not happy about it, but he is. Um, and one of the starting quarterbacks will not finish the game. Now, is that like one team's winning in a blowout, so they let Chad Henney? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know, Zach. All That's right. the thing you do in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm going – well, I'm kind of mad that Ben took it because I thought I was going to have a dark horse. I'm going 42-21 Chiefs, Kelsey MVP, uh, bold prediction. It's just not – it's not bold if you pick the quarterback to be an MVP. Well, no, I know. But I, I, I for some reason I thought that it was going to be somebody other than Kelsey. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be – I'm an expanding brain on Kel- – Kellen, every uh, part of me wants it to not be Kelsey, but the bold prediction part of my brain – and you know that that's an involuntary reflex I have. It told me Kelsey, yeah. and Kelsey came out in the face. Um, I'm going to say Tyron Matthew pick six. Ooh, I like it. I like it. All right. Um, all right. I'm going super bold. Chiefs win 10-7. <laughs> <laughs> Mahomes MVP. In a 10-7 game. But – the Buccaneers score one touchdown by running the Philly special. <laughs> I like how that's a play. I like how that's a play that existed too. Like people had run that before. How gutsy! Well, Patriots tried to run it earlier in that game. I We've run it against them. Well, no, it we was, ran it. We run it. Kind of it was a little right. bit different. We'd run that against them before a few years earlier. But how at this we can end on this discussion? How gutsy do you have to be to run like not like a play that you've invented? To run a play that's been run before, but it's such an awesome play call that they're just like, we're renaming it now. Yeah, I mean, it was like the phrase that year, like for football, <laughs> commercials, everything. And they were yeah, like, and was, you know who didn't like having to hear it all the time? This guy. I went to the Super Bowl parade, or yeah, the Super Bowl champion parade, and they had Skywriters write Philly Philly. Like, Skywriters had just Philly Philly going over. It was such a crazy. I mean, also credit to Bud Light for getting dilly dilly so in the cultural vernacular that that became a thing. Exactly. I mean, listen, Bud Light had the best prediction. Of we love the Bud Knight. Had something that rhymed with with Philly, uh, and they made it a thing. Yeah, New England's really hard to rhyme. With. Yeah, I mean, listen, it it was such a strange play call, like a wildcat snap to the running flip back to the tight end flip to the like not even start, starting tight end yeah flip to your backup tight end and have him throw to the quarterback I, and i just love the story that they were going to run it in the nfc championship game but then the nfc championship game was such a blowout they're like let's not burn the play like why bother and then shopped it for another like week and a half it it is such a strange gadget play that I, I, it's kind of, in a way, it's a miracle that it worked, but in another way, why would you expect them to, like, 
run a play where Nick Foles is your receiver. No, I mean, it's, it's, those like, plays entirely rely on the fact that you will just assume the quarterback is not going to do anything. Yeah. If you cover the quarterback, those plays aren't going to work. Well, hey, listen, you'll get to see it again when Tom Brady does it with the Buccaneers on Sunday. Will they be it'll down lose- 10? Will they be down 10 nothing? No, it'll tie the game. Okay. No, no, no. They will be down 10 nothing because then Mahomes doesn't get it. I don't know. 10-7, Chiefs, Mahomes MVP, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Right. Yeah, we're not going to think about it too hard. Uh, I do have a plug thinking, real quick. Too hard we, a plug. I do have a plug real quick before we go. Broad Street Buzz, fan-sided, your boy, officially, article contributor. Catch me this weekend. I'll be writing for it. Uh, peep the blog, some very good peeps there, right? Do I get the, a finder's fee? Uh, you you uh, sure, you can have a dollar. Uh, that's more than enough. Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. Broad Street Buzz, if you're looking for some good Flyers content. Um, I mean, anybody that would be listening to this podcast that would be interested in that already knows. But, uh, you know, if for some reason you stumble upon this podcast, check the Broad Street Buzz. Got some pretty chill peeps over there. Some of us have meteor credentials. I'm not one of them, but some of us do. All right. So check it out. This has been the three-point show. Uh, Watch the Super Bowl or don't. We don't care. Check you back next week.